hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Your Brand podcast. Happy December. It's the last month of the year, which is wild, but it's so exciting. I love this time of year. It's definitely my favorite month out of the whole entire year. I don't know about you. And I said this before on previous podcast episodes, but it really just gives me time to think a lot about myself and my business and get really introspective. And there's just something fun about putting on a sweatshirt, cozying up at your desk and taking some time for you to work on your business rather than just working in it to plan for the upcoming year, all of that good stuff. But Today, I have a little bit of a different episode for you. I'm not sure if you are confused by the title a little bit. I'm titling this Biz Coaching and Hashtag Real Talk from a Hairdresser's Chair. <laughs> and that's because I have on a hairdresser and a business slash mindset coach as my guest today on the Embody Your Brand podcast. And her name is Christy Stewart. And I tell you what, I was not sitting in her chair at the salon. But this conversation felt so much to me like going to get my hair done and sitting down and chatting with like my really good friend who's a hairdresser and just having some real talk, having some good candid conversations and getting deep about life, about business. I don't know if any of you also have a hairdresser like that, but I feel like when I go, it's talk, talk, talk the whole hour or so. And that's what this conversation felt like. And so I felt like it was definitely a fun title to have. But let me tell you a little bit more about Christy before I play our conversation. Now, as I mentioned, Christy is a business and mindset coach, as well as the salon owner of Refinery 208 Salon in Phoenix, Arizona. She is also the co-founder of the Refinery Method Education, and she regularly coaches with a company called Destroy the Hairdresser. So, She's got her hands full in serving her clients as a salon owner and doing hair. And she also coaches other hairstylists and salon owners as well, which is really interesting to me. She's also a mom of four boys and an owner of three businesses. So she's learned to really lead with compassion and empathy and a little tough love. And you'll see throughout our conversation, that's definitely her approach, but it's something that I really admire so much in a coach and is something that I think we all need at times. So she's really good about setting boundaries, helping other salon owners and business owners work less, make more, grow their businesses with intention, and I think most importantly, experience personal growth. And while you may not be a salon owner, I don't know, you could be listening and you could be owning a salon. I think Christy's advice is just so relevant for any service-based business owner. I definitely took a lot away from our conversation. We talk about mindset. We talk about our reactive systems, which is really interesting. And I've never talked about that in a business setting before. So you definitely want to make sure you listen through our conversation on that topic. We talk about stepping outside of our comfort zones and challenging beliefs and how consciousness and awareness is so important for us to 
hone in and develop as a business owner. And like I could go on and on. We chat about so many great things and it literally felt like I was having my own business coaching session while I was getting my hair done. So without further ado, please give a big warm welcome to our lovely guest, Christy Stewart. Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Christensen, a brand strategist and creative director that helps service providers build high-touch brands that embody your mission, call in your dream clients, and amplify the impact you're here to make. From running a brand design studio to leading the creative team of an eight-figure startup, I've spent my entire career learning how to craft successful brands from the inside out. And now I'm here to share everything you need to know to build an in-demand brand. From strategic branding tips to powerful mindset shifts to conversations with guest experts, it's my intention to empower you with the most holistic resources and perspectives on branding so that you can build one that truly lasts. So let's dive in to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Hello, Christy. Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm just so thrilled to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you because we've spoken a lot outside of hitting record. And there's just some really relevant topics and themes that come up for you and the work that you do that I think is so important just across the board for any sort of service-based business owner. And so I'm really excited to dive deep into that, pick your brain, and just have a really good conversation. So thank you again for being here. I think we should just start out with you sharing a little bit of your story with the audience. Give us some background into who you are and what you do and what's led you to this point in your career. My name is Christy Stewart, and I am a salon owner, and I'm still a hairstylist, and I'm also a coach for a company called Destroy the Hairdresser where we are business and mindset coaches for salon owners and hairstylists. I was not always a hairstylist, so I did not jump into this industry until my 30s. I have four boys, and after my third son was born, I knew that I had to do something. Not that being a stay-at-home mom isn't a full-time job, because it was, because I had three kids in three years, which was bananas. I do not recommend it. But I always knew I wanted to do hair. So I jumped in, and I quickly learned that the beauty industry is severely flawed. We have a lot of toxic belief systems and mindsets throughout that really needed to change. So when I hired the company that I worked for, Destroy the Hairdresser, it really opened my mind and my eyes up to a whole nother way of doing things. And that's why I do what I do. Yes. And it's just so interesting to think about a pivoting your life and your career in a way when you're 30, because I think there's a lot of negative associations that come with that, right? Like you go through school or you go through whatever you do when you're younger and you feel like you're boxed in a way. And so I always think it's interesting when people decide to switch things up. And I think especially being a mom too, having four boys is a lot. So what drew you to the beauty industry? Before we dive into some of that mindset and and workplace stuff, what was the appeal for you there? Honestly, and this is such a common answer. I feel like it's a cop out, but it's the truth. I always wanted to be a hairdresser. A family friend asked me when I was eight at like a family birthday party, I think it was. 
what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said I wanted to be a dancing hairstylist. A dancing hairstylist? I was a dancer. Oh, were you? I was too growing up. What type? All tap jazz, ballet, all of it. And I also taught. So I ended up teaching dance. I was doing both simultaneously for a very short time. I would cut my Barbie's hair. I had the Barbie mannequin head. And my mom said, it's not going to grow back. And I said, that's too bad. She needs layers. So I am, and I like to use this term a lot, especially in our industry. I am a super creative. I'm super right-brained. It just spoke to that creative part of me as a human. And so I always wanted to do it. And when I said to my now ex-husband, I said, I want to go to hair school. And his question was, why? He didn't get it. And that's okay. He was very supportive. But I understood why. Like, he was like, why do you want to do this? That seems crazy to me. And my mom said, why don't you go back and finish your degree? Because I dried it three years at Arizona State. And I hated it. Because that's not... And I was a dance major of all things. So I dropped out and didn't know what I wanted to do. And it took me a while. But I finally figured it out. Yeah. So I think that's so awesome. And good for you for following that passion. Because I know a lot of people, I think, spend their whole lives thinking about it and doing the what ifs. And here you are. And it's evolved into something beyond that. Because now you coach and of course you're still a hairdresser, but it seems like your purpose has evolved a little bit more since then. Definitely. I feel like it's gotten so much bigger and so much broader. And I get to coach my students through Disarray Hairdresser, but I also get to coach my team. And we have a saying, and it's how we do one thing, it's how we do all things. Everything that I do really spills out into every aspect of my life. So my kids all know what their reactive system is. Mm. And they use a lot of terminology that we use. So it's pretty fun. That's awesome. So let's talk about how you, let's like fast forward a little bit in your story, your hairdresser. What led you to join the team of Destroy the Hairdresser and become a coach through them? What interested you in taking like your skill set and then switching to, or not switching, maybe adding on teaching and coaching? I read a book by a pretty famous book by Jen Sincero. It's called You Are a Badass. And she's another one, You Are a Badass with Money. Yes. I've seen the book covers. It's pictured in my mind right now. Yes. (laughs) And it's a great book. Highly recommend. And I've always been into the woo side of things. I used to read tarot cards. I've been a big fan of Abraham Hicks for 25 years, like all of these things. And I've always wanted to be a coach. When I read the book by Jen Sincero, it was like six or seven years ago. I knew then I want this is what I want to do. I didn't know how to do it. And then, you know, life got in the way. I got busy doing a bunch of other things. And I hired Destroy the Hairdresser to coach me. So I worked with them for almost two years. And my coach, who is still my coach, said within the first couple of months, you should be a coach. Like, I, that's my dream. That's what I want to do. But I had to do a lot of work to get there. What were some of the things that you feel like you wanted to get coaching and support with? I am one of those people who needs a swift kick in the rear. I like to be told what to do. I like somebody to hold me accountable. And this coaching program was so different and unlike any other that I have ever seen because we coach to, we coach all about your reactive system and your emotional intelligence. And sure, we teach methodologies and things like that, but it's more We are really focused on all of the stuff that you need to work through in order to make those methodologies work. A lot of emotional intelligence, a lot of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest thing for me is I really identified with what they were teaching and how they were teaching it. And it took me like five seconds to make the decision. I was like, I'm in. I don't care how much it costs. Sign me up. And it 
completely changed my business. That's amazing. There's something so powerful. Like I even feel the energy as you're speaking about this, about making the decision to invest in yourself in that way. It's almost like your soul knew this is it. This should be a part of my path and my journey. And I just got to go for it. So I love that. I commend you for that. I wanted to ask, backtrack a little bit. Could you describe the reactive system? Because you've mentioned it a few times. And I feel like my audience might not know what that is or some of them might not know what that is. Break that down for me. Walk me through it. So as human beings, so this is part of us as humans. We cannot turn it on and off. It is like breathing. We have to do it. So as long as we are alive, we will have a reactive system. And our reactive system was put in place because thousands and thousands of years ago, it came in handy. And your reactive system is fight, flight, or freeze. So if you were to see a bear, what would you do? You would probably lay down and play dead or you would run away. So that's your reactive system. It's the knee-jerk reaction. And it all culminates with all of our core beliefs that we have since we were children very young children. So we all have a reactivity about certain things. Like my reactivity about my relationship with my husband will be completely different than my reactivity about my business. So like my reactivity about money is much different than my reactivity about my kids doing something stupid. But we all have a reactive system and the trick is becoming aware of it and learning how to switch from reactive to proactive. How can we flip the switch, become more conscious about it, and take a different step? So you really have to learn how to pause, stop yourself, because I have those knee-jerk reactions just like everybody else does. Somebody does something, somebody who works for you does something, and you immediately want to do something rash. That's where you have to stop and go, wait a minute, that's not me. That's my reactivity kicking in, and I need to take a step back take a time out, think this through, and then proceed from a much different point of view and a much different level of consciousness. Yeah. How are you able to do that? Because I know too, it's something I feel like is like a muscle, right? Where you have to train it and you have to work at it because it's definitely easier said than done. Definitely speaking from experience, sometimes I'll get an email and I'll read the little preview of it. And I'm like, oh, my my mind just goes a million miles a minute. And I'm like, do I respond now? Do I wait? What do I do? What has been helpful for you or what are some things that you help coach um, your students with or your team or yourself when it comes to working with your reactive system and, and training it in a way that gives you the best outcome? Yeah, it's cool. So I have my, everybody takes a reactive system quiz because it really helps them dial in where they are. And then we address where their biggest problems are inside of their business. So the biggest one for hairstylists, honestly, that I see more than anything else is social media. Talk me through that. Because social media is super, it's this big, scary unknown where Because we are so visual, we automatically assume everyone is going to pick us apart. Why is that? Because that's what we do to ourselves. So it's super scary. So somebody who is like a freeze to think of all of these great ideas for social media and start them, but they have too many things and they get freaked out because none of it is perfect. So they just drop everything and they don't do anything. So once you point out this is a pattern for you, how are we going to break that pattern? And it's super scary because that little voice inside your head is telling you, who do you think you are? You don't know what you're doing. Everybody's going to hate you. This is going to work. Why are you wasting time? We have to learn how to tell her 
to sit down, go wait outside. I'm going to go do this anyway. And when it's scary, that's usually when your reactivity kicks in. But we, I also coach them to when it's scary, that's usually when you need to do it. And that one thing that's helped me too through developing some of this skill set for myself is understanding that these reactions and responses are coming from a place of me trying to keep myself safe, right? Like back to the thinking about us as cavemen and if we see a bear or something and like survival based, like, oh, it's going to keep me safe. And one thing that's helped me too is just acknowledge that to myself in a way. It, it might sound weird, but I'll speak to that part of myself and be like, thank you so much for having my back, right? For trying to help me not be put in danger or make a fool of myself or whatever the situation is. And I find that helps me tame the voice a little bit, right? It's almost like that part of you wants to be heard. And if you shove it down, then it's going to try to scream louder at you. Yeah. And that is one of many ways. And yeah, yeah that too. Be grateful for her. She's there to keep you safe. And so it's okay. You can sit down and take a break. I got this. Right. It's a huge help to, because most of us aren't aware of our reactivity. We just do it. And as parents, that's one of the biggest things that I see as a parent is that we are so reactive and we don't realize it until after the fact. Once you become aware of it, once you take the goggles off, you could see everything clearly. You can't put them back on. Right. It's pretty powerful. I would bet the hardest part is just identifying it, right? Like becoming aware. Because then it's if you're not aware, you can't fix the problem, right? Exactly. Like the first step in a 12-step program is admitting you have a problem. Well, no one wants to do that. Just kidding. <laughs> it's true. You have to acknowledge that it's there to fix it. That's the same thing. Like I had a, somebody on my team tell me, she's like, oh, but I need to fix my reactive system. And I was like, you can't fix it, sweetie. That's like saying, we'll never breathe again. It's always there. You just have to be aware of it. So yeah, through awareness and consciousness is how we grow. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Oh, I love that. That should be a quote. I'm like, I should put that on my wall. I don't remember what I just said. I just yeah. I a lot. <laughs> yeah, we'll all have that be a sound bite or something. Yeah, I love it. On Instagram, because that is just so good and so powerful. Oh, man. What else? I think stemming from that, what are some of the other tips or tricks or tools that you found have been helpful in coaching? I think it's interesting, the idea of social media, too, because a lot of, what am I trying to say? It can be triggering for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different things. But what else comes up? It was honest in my tongue. And then... I went to social media land and my brain just went squirrel. Oh, we talk about pain in coaching and how in order to grow, you have to experience pain and or discomfort because it's not necessarily super painful all of the time. But if you don't proactively choose the pain, then the pain is going to happen. It's just going to be worse. So what happens is if you know you have to do something, as a hairstylist, raising your prices is very scary because we're all extremely emotional, bleeding heart, wonderful humans who just adore our clients and don't want them to ever be upset about anything. So raising our prices is a very painful process for us. If we don't choose to just have those hard conversations and move through the pain, we're going to suffer by not making enough money. And the pain of raising those prices is only going to get worse over time because now you're training your clients that this is how much they're going to pay. And when you do raise it, it's going to be a lot more shocking and uncomfortable for everyone. So we worked on coaching a lot that pain is real, but suffering is optional. 
Interesting. And you said, too, as you were starting to describe this, that you can either pick your pain or suffer through it, I believe is what you said. Talk me through picking your pain a little bit. What do you mean by that? Usually by proactively choosing the pain, like saying, okay, I know this is really hard, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself through this and I know it's going to be uncomfortable and I know it's going to be scary and it's going to be awkward and I'm going to hate every second of it. The pain will be so much shorter and less than if I procrastinate, put it off. Then what's going to happen is the longer you put that, you're still suffering all, all the while, right? But the longer you put that pain off, the bigger it's going to get because the universe is going to teach you that lesson. It's going to create a situation where you're going to experience that pain. It's just going to be much worse every time. It's I don't really want to change my oil. I know it's going to be a pain in my butt to drive to Jiffy Lube and sit there for an hour. But if I don't get my oil changed, then the longer I put it off, the more likely I am to have my engine shut down because I didn't do the thing that I was supposed to do. So the universe is going to be like, Okay, you want a lesson? Here we go. And I always say the universe will beat you over the head with that lesson until you get it. So the sooner you choose it and we're going to proactively choose the pain by working with a coach and sending him a game plan and like really working through all of those hard steps. It just, it's so much easier. Oh, that, that makes so much sense. And I love thinking about it in that way because it's true. And some of the lessons that we have in life and business usually come when we're unaware to them, right? And that's how we're able to work on them and fix them and become aware of them. But yeah, I, honestly, I think that's why it's so important to work with a coach in whatever facet of life or business that you are struggling with because it helps to have those people that are a little further ahead of you help you identify some of these roadblocks that you might run into or help you see your blind spots. In a way, I love the car analogy. I feel like there's so many car analogies when it comes to business, <laughs> but it's true and it's just such a great visual example. Yeah. And coaching is different in that when you work with a coach, they're coaching you to your potential. They're not coaching you to who you are right now. A coach when you hire a coach, you're hiring somebody who, yes, has done all the things that you want to do or has a lot of experience with those things. But a coach can zoom out, almost get a drone's viewpoint of everything and see all those roadblocks ahead and see where you can go, see your potential, see the growth opportunities. Because usually what happens is my coach really pushes me so much further than I ever thought I would, and than I really do believe that I ever would go on my own because my coach sees my potential and you're cheating yourself if you don't do this. A lot of it is challenging beliefs too. Like whenever I've worked with a coach, it's like making me rethink why I think the things that I do. And that can be a hard process too. That that requires a lot of open-mindedness, a lot of willingness to change and be flexible. And I think change for a lot of people is a really scary thing. Going back to the things that scare us that are trying to keep us quote-unquote safe, which really aren't, right? Yeah, I, I tell my students this all the time. You will choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven because you know it. The unfamiliar heaven, you don't know what it is and it's scary. So you're going to choose what you know. And a coach is the one who pushes you into the unfamiliar. And my coach has challenged me with some really big things. And the great thing about coaching is that you don't have to do it all the time. Like when my coach says you need to raise your prices and it's like this big, huge, scary number, it took me six months to do it. But it's okay because... I get on the phone with my coach the following month and he would say, I'm proud of you whether you did it or not. And I was like, okay, 
it takes the sting out of it a little bit for me. And it helps me realize that this is it's just money is money. Money is energy. Money is about I'm charging value. It's all about value. And when you start to um, have somebody push you outside of your little box that you created, but I see it as this and they're like, wait, have you looked at it from this perspective? It opens up a whole new world for you. And then you're able to step outside of your comfort zone with a little less trepidation. Still trepidatious as all get out, but it's still a little less scary than it would have been. Right. And I think it helps knowing that you have someone in your corner that you can talk to, that you trust, that is going to help coach you through those moments. How were you able to identify the right fit of coach for you? Because I know not every coach can be like the best fit. And I just feel like that's that could be an interesting topic. Is this coach that you have now the one that you've always had? Or have you gone through a couple of them? Or like, how did you identify which one was going to be a really good fit for you? Such a good question. I was in a group program. That was my first like adventure into the coaching world. I was in a group program. And I got a lot out of it as far as business goes and learned a ton. I do not regret a penny that I spent and it was a lot of pennies. And I left that program because it no longer aligned with my values. They were doing things that I didn't agree with. They were speaking in ways I didn't agree with. So big number one right there. You have to make sure whatever program you're joining or whatever coach that you're hiring aligns with your values and your beliefs, whatever they may be. And then when I dove into, when I hired Destroy the Hairdresser, it was through a discovery call. So I was originally supposed to be with a different coach. And then we had a little bit of a God moment, steered me towards my current coach who have had the same coach for three years now. And I do have other coaches, but she's like my primary go-to. And are we just aligned? Everything about everything that she was saying totally spoke to me and my soul and my beliefs. And so when I gave her a brief rundown of all the things that I had already done, so she understood where I was at. And then you really do have to be completely open and honest and vulnerable and be willing to just put it all out there so that whoever you are interviewing to become a coach for you, they know because they need to know. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to help you. And it's fun because I love it when I ask my students, what is it that you're not telling me? Interesting. I bet you get some good responses out of that one. Because we all have these different stories that we make up and tell ourselves. And we have these movies running in our brains. We've convinced ourselves that she doesn't need to know that. Oh, that's so interesting. It, it makes me think, too, of some of those things that we're not willing to admit to ourselves. In the, and I think it starts there, right? Because that kind of is the layer that you need to break through to then allow someone else in to help you work through those things. Yeah. And it's like one of the most important parts about coaching. And I think any coaching company or any coach out there will say, you're going to get the most growth as soon as you take personal responsibility for every single thing in your life. Everything is your fault. Everything is your fault. And once you know that, once you realize that you're really the problem, you can be the solution. It all starts with us. It's one thing that I tell a lot of my clients too is like when it comes to your own brand, like you are your brand. And yes. if there's something that's not working in that, let's say you're not getting new leads or maybe people don't see the value in what you have to offer, objective pricing. There's so many things that a brand can cover, but it's one of those moments where you have to look back and be like, okay, what are you doing? How are you positioning yourself? How, what are you not doing? Are you holding back on? 
sharing your content and your message for whatever reason. It's usually something internal. And I think that's why even like coaching through branding is so important because it it's a piece of the puzzle. And of course, I think you can go about it in a way that's very loving, right? And and understanding because it can, some people might be like, I don't want to like work through or I don't want to take responsibility for everything. Or it's just, it's easier to keep doing things the way that they've been done. But if you really want to break through to that next level, and I think it starts with you and you seeing that potential in yourself. Because of course, other people can tell you that. That's one thing. But I think it's another thing to really embody that and believe that and have confidence in that. Absolutely. I say that. And I said that in my, I posted a reel on social media today. And I said that in the caption, it all begins and ends with us. Everything. And the sooner you own everything in your life, better your life becomes. It's just so much easier and it's so much more freeing. You're like, yeah, that's on me. It's easier. It sounds like it's not. It sounds like it would be easier to play the victim and sit back and say everything is happening to me instead of looking at it from a different perspective and saying, why is this happening for me? And how can I take responsibility and change it? I love that so much. I also love just to build upon that too. Okay, if this is happening for me, what can I learn from this? Where is this leading me to? Any sort of seeming like failure or mistake, like looking at it through the lens of it not being a failure and it being something that's actually guiding you to the right path or educating you in some way, helping you pivot in the way that you're meant to go. And I think that requires faith in something, right? Yeah, it does. And business is like one of the most spiritual things that we can do. If we really break it down, business in itself is pretty spiritual. You have to have faith. You have to. There's no way it's going to work unless you do. It's so scary. And you really are leaping into the unknown. Even if you think you have a bulletproof plan, it's probably going to go sideways at some point. And especially, too, if you work with clients, I think that adds another layer to things because I worked in the corporate world for a bit doing branding for product-based businesses, and it's just so different. There's a lot of that soul is removed from that. And so when you are running your own business and you are working with other people, that's who you're selling to, that's who you're helping, and then they are also helping other people. (laughs) There is that aspect of that energy and that spirituality to it in a way, right? Because it's like you're impacting someone else and that's a big responsibility and it, it can be something that is motivating to a lot of us that are in an industry like this, but it, it can also be something too where you have to, I think you have to treat it with that respect in a way and just understand there are other people, like it's more than just me at the end of the day because the work that I do impacts other people and that impacts them to go out and do their work and serve their purpose or whatever it be in your business. So that's always been something for me that's just so interesting to think about. And I've never thought about it in the way that you phrased it of like business is spiritual in a sense, but I totally agree with you, especially as a service-based business owner. Oh my gosh, crazy because we have an enormous impact on our clients. We spend a lot of time with them. And And you have a big visible and like people can see the work that you do. Yeah, it's big. And I say this about a lot of my clients. I've been through babies, miscarriages, marriages, divorces, various family members going through horrible losses, but also the biggest gains. And 
It's a lot. It's a lot. And you really are putting a lot out there and you're giving a lot of yourself. And that's why I think it's so important for service-based businesses to really have a handle on their emotional intelligence because it's easy to get caught up in it and then lose yourself a little bit and take all of that home with you. So really focusing on your emotional intelligence, learning how to compartmentalize and separate yourself, but also how to come at your business from a little bit more of an elevated consciousness and that you are here to provide a service and that service is doing your art on somebody's head, but it goes so much further than that. And I think everybody needs to, everybody in my industry should really take a pause and think about that a little bit more and how they can use all of this in their business to grow and become better business people, better humans. I love that. It makes me feel like we should transition to something that we've talked about a lot offline, off recording, but it's the idea of community over competition. This is a phrase that I see hashtagged a lot on Instagram. I'm sure every industry probably deals with a lot of that like competition or people feeling the need to, I don't know, just keep up a little too closely with some other people and stuff like that. And I know from what you've said previously, that's a very big thing in your industry and one thing that you help combat with your coaching and a lot of the philosophies that you have. But share some of that experiences, like some of those experiences with me. There's so many. It's hard to pick which is my favorite. But because I am have been a hairstylist for the past 20 years and I decided to shift my business and focus primarily on color and hair extension. And I got into the hair extension world because it is a whole other world. Like every aspect of the beauty industry specific to hair has its own like little bubble, curly haired people mm-hmm. who's such vivid, cutting specialists. And we're extension specialists. And in each little bubble, we have like our own community. I learned early on that specifically the hair extension aspect of it is incredibly competitive. And our industry in general is horrible in the sense that it is extremely catty and clicky. And it feels very middle school mean girls. Sometimes there's a lot of trash talking amongst other educators, amongst other stylists. There's stylists bashing another stylist's work. There's It's rampant and the general population has no idea because they're not really a part of it. They just see it very edge. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it's so prevalent? I think that it is all stems from fear and a lack mindset that they really believe that they have to fight and be really scrappy in order to get what they feel like they deserve. When in reality, there's more than enough for everyone. There are more than enough clients. When you believe there isn't enough of something, it's always false because that's like saying there's not enough air. There's always more than enough for everybody. So they're all coming from a very insecure, very fear-based mindset. It's really sad. It's very lack. Lack, I find that right. And my goal as a coach is to shift you from lack to growth. But the hair industry is it's just absolutely bananas. I've had people trash talk me because I went from one method of extensions, joined another method of extensions education, then I left that one. It's crazy to me. Not crazy. It's it's sad. And I see that a lot in the design and the creative industry, just in general. I've dealt with that my whole career. And it's been interesting because I went from business owner to then corporate creative to back to business owner. And some of those threads are constant throughout, but they show up 
in different ways throughout my career. But it's interesting. I, when I lived in New York City, I had a roommate who had moved to the city to be an intern for a really popular hair company. And it was like this boutique studio in the Lower East Side and they work on models hair and they have their image and at first she was so excited to come on because she was newer in her career with hair and she's like this is it this is gonna be my big break and I want to say after about a year I'm not quite sure the timeline but she left the industry because of how toxic it was and that's just sad to me because even thinking about it through a business owner's perspective wouldn't you want to cultivate that team mentality amongst your employees and just have that I think it all comes down to energy like you said and I think you can feel that as a customer walking in because there there are times I'd go into the salon if she needed to have do a certain amount of like blowouts a month or this or that and so I would come in and be like her little hair model for some of those things and I knew a lot of what was going on in the inside in this like one salon And maybe that's why I feel like I could pick up on some of those things. But yeah, it's just it's just really interesting. So how do you try to break that cycle with your own business, with the people that work for you, with the people that you coach? I really believe that there's only one way to do it, and that's to lead by example. So we do have a decent sized team here, nine stylists here. And most of them had come from toxic salons. They found us, thank goodness. And and it's really interesting because sometimes it takes a long time for them to fully accept that we really mean what we say because they've been so brainwashed into thinking that you have to work 15-hour days, you have to double book clients, you can't charge that, or you have to do whatever the owner says whenever the owner says. It's just You're not allowed to have emotions at work. The list goes on and on. And it's so sad to me. And some of these stylists, like one of them just joined her team and she's coming from a really big, very well-known salon. And some of the stories I'm hearing are just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And she's, I said, have you booked your, moved your clients over yet? And she says, no, I'm just waiting to see if you guys need me on a day and then I'll move people around. And I'm like, no, you book your clients. Your business is important to me. I will adjust around you. And she just was like, what? We're not like that. If you have a problem, come to us and we would love to hear about it and help you work through it. Whereas at her former salon, she had a problem. She went to the owners and they told them, we don't want to hear about your problems. If you can't deal with it, you need to go home. Come on. That's ridiculous. This is a personal industry. And if you're having problems, you need to talk about it, especially if it's with clients. And so we want to lead by example, by creating that culture, by creating those systems, by putting all of these things in place to give our team true freedom over their own business. And then by doing that, we're going to have the ripple effect, right? Because how we do one thing is how we do all things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. And I'm sure there's other salons out there that are doing that too, but it sounds based on even your own experience in your area of other hairstylists jumping ship and then trying to figure out where to go next. I'm even just thinking back to my old roommate and yeah, some of the things that her boss said to her, it just blows my mind. Like myself as an owner of a business would never even think to say something like that to anyone that works with me. And I'm 
starting the process of slowly building out my own team. So I'm like thinking a lot about how to be a good leader on how to make sure that my company is a place that people do want to work and feel like that they can be on this mission with me and it be a group effort, right? Like not a not the Jesse show, even though I do have a personal brand, right? So it's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. So I would love to hear what's been helpful for you in terms of really embodying that leadership and cultivating a healthy workplace. I really believe that you have to walk the walk instead of talking a big game and not doing anything. And yeah, my I own the salon with another person. So I have a co-owner who works side by side with me and we are very big on doing everything that we say we do. We practice everything that we preach. And our the biggest struggle I find is getting my team to accept that and to actually come to us because they're so scared and they're so used to whatever else they've experienced that they're they really are afraid to come to us. And getting over that hub is the hardest, was the hardest thing to break through. Once you break through that, then it's like, all bets are off and I feel like they're off and running and it's just amazing. It's almost like getting them to flip a switch in their brain mm-hmm. to from fear to okay, I'm safe here. And I hate that term safe space because I just yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of terms that I don't like, but that's one of them. And but we have was created a space where people feel safe to be who they are. Because I'll get hairstylists in here who really think that they're not going to be accepted because of the way they look, because they have certain tattoos or their hair is a certain way, which is ironic because we're hairstylists. We're known for being outside the box. But yeah, we really have to reiterate every single thing and say, no, if I didn't like the way you looked, I wouldn't have hired you. Like if that was a deal breaker, you never would have made it in the door. So that's not an issue. We hired you for you because we feel that you are capable and that you have a ton of potential and we just want to help get that out of you. And we're also very clear with our whole team that we don't expect them to stay with us forever. I expect you to want to move on. And we've had quite a few build up their business and then leave. And then we do it again. And it's very cyclical. We really do practice what we reach. And when they say they come to us and they want to go, we say, how can we help you? I love that. I wish, yeah, I'm like thinking back through some of the experiences I had in the corporate world and how I wish someone said that to me when I had mentioned moving on to another company because it just ma- that would just make it so much easier. And I think it does go back to an abundance versus a lack mindset because the idea is, okay, if someone leaves you for another opportunity, that means someone else is going to come in. What comes goes, what goes comes, and it's not a threat to you or your business. It's like you have to look at it like it's water. Everything's going to ebb and flow. And as long as you go with the flow, you're going to be okay. As soon as you start trying to push it, that's when you're going to encounter all of this crazy pushback from your team. This has been such a good conversation. I feel like I could ask you a million more questions, but I don't want to take up your entire afternoon. Christy, what is your biggest piece of advice that has helped you that like if all of us here were listening and took it to heart that we would benefit in some sort of way. That risk is your biggest ally in business. It's taking risks. You won't grow unless you take risks. And risks are the biggest and scariest part of being a business owner and being a leader and all of those things. It's terrifying. And the bigger the risk, the more terrifying it is. And my advice to everyone is do it. 
take the risk, take the jump, do the thing, trust, because the odds are really in your favor. And if it feels really big and scary, then you should probably do it. Love that. I echo that sentiment too. We're all about doing the big, scary things, but that's where the growth comes. That's where the success comes. And we were not born to play small. <laughs> I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> and our lives are short. We think we have all this time, but then you realize you get halfway through and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't do all the things I wanted to because I was too scared. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I love that. Christy, share how we can find you, how we can work with you. Of course, if we're in Arizona, come get our hair done by you. <laughs> share where we can connect. My Instagram is christy.refinery208. That is like trend tree. You want to get me? That's the best way to get me. I answer DMs. My website is refinedatesalon.com. And I work for a company called Destroy the Hairdresser. And you can find them everywhere. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I, like I said, there's so many things I want to write down and put on my wall and reference as building business, going through life, especially the reactivity stuff. I'm going to have to look into that a lot more because that sounds pretty powerful. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for having me. That concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, following along, and supporting the podcast. If you found this episode insightful or helpful in any way, I would absolutely love it if you gave this podcast a five-star rating and review. I know I say this time and time again, but it really helps me get the podcast out there to those that need it most. So if you could take just two seconds to do that right now, I would really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to snag the brand attraction blueprint at jesse-christensen.com forward slash blueprint. This is the exact step-by-step -step process that my clients are using to generate hot leads, book their dream clients, and then get on the path to consistent 10K months and beyond. There is nothing left out in there. It really is step-by-step. -step. And you can grab yours today at jesse-christensen.com forward slash blueprint. With that said, thank you so much again for being here and I will see you in next week's episode. Take care.